<laughs> what's going on man I, uh, I know my 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 webcam's gonna be frozen here for a minute while uh it's doing a I'm gonna say update i uh i hear a brian yeah so i'm i'm here but you're you're a little quiet jordan too by the way yeah, I'm, I'm a little far away from my mic hold on i'm pouring myself a beer just a little not too bad uh hey what's going on everybody uh sorry for the half-ass intro welcome to episode 78 of michigan brews we are going to be talking about tekken uh just the video game tonight just just maybe do a tournament yeah uh, yeah yeah absolutely no uh we're going to be talking about tekken brewing tonight i guess a little bit um I kind of I was I was making some notes yesterday and a little bit today before the show and stuff and I was thinking about maybe we can um, not only talk about the the uh, the new fun gadgets and toys and stuff like that that you know make our our hobbies a little bit easier these days but maybe maybe some old school uh, I guess we'd call it tech that uh, that do not require batteries that maybe help our brew days too a little bit so and then wherever else the night takes us. Well, you know what, Jordan, you know, one of the most important pieces of, of tech, I think, in our hobby is, uh, is webcam, right? Keeping it updated. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's 100%. I've got says, two webcams, actually, just in case, you know, one one takes a shit. I, I, do, I do have my other one, but I, I don't know. Nobody, nobody needs to see me. It's fine. It's all good. It's all good. Just giving you shit. Um, more importantly, before we dive into that, I am going to throw back to last week on what we're drinking, Jordan. I have all these green cap bottles that don't say shit, but you gave them to me. Yeah, one of them's probably that cider. Or it actually, these... says something, but I can't really read it. What? Hold it up. What's it? What's it look like? It say. I can't see that. Oh, let's see here. Is tonight a mystery night? Looks looks like my handwriting. Sure, that's probably. It's probably the other cider, the one that wasn't going to the you, competition. You know what it's going to be? It's going to be a bottle of water. That could be also. From I would be so excited, actually, <laughs> to have a bottle of, of the seltzer water, right? <laughs> Here I am. The Mystery Jordan bottle. I know they're all yours. So they're, 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 there's that. Um, Perfect. What so am I drinking? There we go. I'm the Jordan shit. This one's really clear. Definitely a cider. Yes, it looks like it. With the number of, like, you know, fucking hieroglyphs that were on the top of that thing, it's probably <laughs> the cider I didn't turn in. <laughs> well, that's that's what I'm going in tonight. What are you drinking? What are you starting with? Me? I am, uh, I found this, what's it called? Altez? Hmm. It says, uh, Detroit Tradition Restored. Really interesting. Yeah, apparently bringing back some Detroit, you know, lager. I've been digging the lagers recently. Really wasn't too too expensive. Uh, Want to say it was like maybe thirteen, fourteen bucks for a twelve pack or something. Oh yeah, it's not bad. I recommend it. It's it's pretty good. I enjoy it. Better than hams. No. Calling <laughs> it the original original Detroit lager. That's crazy. Two originals. Yeah, two originals on their website. Hmm. That's neat. Uh, I've not seen that yet. So, but no, uh, n n not in the same park as Hams. 
is it actually made by them? Like, if you look at the can, does it say brewed by? Like... Oh, let's see here. So it looks like yeah. it's brewed by Detroit Brewing Company. Um, brewed and canned by Alte Altes Altes yeah. Detroit Brewing Company. Arthur says it was a classic in the seventies. So yeah. Detroit National Brewing Company. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. It, under special agreement, Marshall, Michigan. So is it in the Roke family? That's what, uh, I don't know if the, probably not going to show up there, but uh, it's going to get blurred out. Little, little description on it. It's honestly not bad. It was kind of one of those, like, I still got hams, <clears throat> so I, I didn't, I'm not really at the, you know, point where I need to buy another handle of hams. Um, but I kind of <laughs> wanted something light. Uh, oh, I got you know what? Still, I was looking for a Mexican lager, like a good craft one, and can't find one anywhere. Uh, I even looked at Megabev, um, the one here in Portage, couldn't find it. But this mm. stuff was just sitting on the bottom shelf in the warm section at Meyer, and I'm like, eh, let's try it for a random grab. It's not bad. Right on. You know, speaking of uh, hams and, and that lager. I sent Jason a text, or maybe I sent it in our group chat last night, a uh, a message about doing some blind tastings. Yeah, getting yeah, dude, that was person. like midnight, man. I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, I think it'd be fun, like uh, like to just set down maybe like six or eight loggers and uh, be like, hey, you know, do we think hams comes out of it? Like, you know, is that actually gonna you know happen for us or? Throw down some New England side by side, or you know, if we can find a bunch of Belgian ales or something. But uh, I would love to. I know uh, David just shared not that long ago. David Jones found another um, kind of blind taste done by some other craft uh, brewing professionals, where hams came out on top again. So um, I would like to. Uh, I'd like to get together. We'll have to to figure that out maybe after uh, HomebrewCon. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the idea. I think I think it'd be a lot of fun. Although I think uh, I think at this point we're also palated to hams that maybe we'd be biased. I don't drink as much of it uh, as you guys do, so maybe 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 not. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we love our cheap beer though. Arthur, what what you drinking tonight, man? I see you in chat. Appreciate you being here. Uh. How about you, Brian? You're, 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 I, I'm I'm drinking Eagle Juice. You can't you can't see it, but I got me a a nice full glass of crystal clear Eagle Juice. So, what is Eagle Juice? That, that's 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 my my American light lager, my freedom oh, beer. Oh, your freedom beer. Okay, that's a great <laughs> great name. It's uh, it's so I have the the same recipe. Brian gave me different hops, uh, and I have it in my fermenter right now um and i can't wait i think I'll, I'll probably have it on keg by middle of next week um but yeah just in time for homework on just in time for homework on i would like to try to get it done before um our keepers meeting on sunday but i don't think i'll i don't think i'll be able to have like one on this week but anyway yeah no it just goes into the the, the theme right just everybody's these light loggers or just uh, American loggers. Um, just the mood. Yep. 
I'm not I'm not upset about it. I'm enjoying it. I mean, kinda of, kinda of wish there were more options. You know. Well Yeah, I was just gonna <laughs> say, so we are talking tech, technology, right? Not not uh Eddie Gordo and you know, tech and... it's it's really just uh it's so fitting, yeah, that my, my cam's out for a second. It's at fifty one percent. It is coming. You will be able to to see my freshly trimmed beard uh, oh, momentarily. So. Fancy. But yeah, um I Jason, you just bought another tilt, right? You just bought a second tilt? Yeah. Uh, I know we've talked about tilts a lot lately uh, on the show. Have but... we talked to him about it on the show? Have we? We talked I... about it last week, I think. Oh, has, is that it? So that, that's like my contribution to tech and brewing right now, though, is I've jumped on this tilt train completely. Uh, haven't bought two in a week. Um and you know, I'm, I'm yeah, we did talk about it last week. So I'm, I'm I'm getting my phone rigged up. I'm doing the same thing you are, Brian, just so I can collect. Uh, I actually do have my um, black IPA going, not in temperature controlled environment mm-hmm. with a tilt, so I can mm-hmm. see. I know, so I can see what it does, and and my hopes were to be able to tell you to fuck off, but um, I actually do see it getting a little bit warm, like today uh it, it, it's up to it's a peak, like peak fermentation it's at like 73 degrees oh interesting yeah. yeah but i also worked outside a lot yesterday and did a bunch of other stuff brewing and moving stuff around i just didn't have the um i'm old and i hurt and i didn't feel like carrying it down the basement so how about you tell us what a tilt is so a tilt is a um, a little electronic device uh, that you basically float in your beer, um, and it takes near real time uh, hydrometer and temperature readings throughout the, the course of fermentation. So you're going to put the tilt the device in your beer right when you pitch the yeast, um, and it's going to track that for you. And, and the beauty of it is, is you can have it offload to uh, Google Doc or you know a CSV file, whatever you want to set up. If you want to connect it to a Raspberry Pi or if you want to um, I wouldn't say cheap out because it's actually more expensive, but if you want to be lazy and just use an old phone like Brian and I are doing right now, um, you can actually set up and it'll just regularly send incremental data, you know, what the temp and what the uh, gravity reading is on your beer so you can kind of track that trend line. And what's beautiful about it is it's finally giving me that visibility. I I have not, I've I've never done temperature control outside of the loggers that I've done this year. I've always moved the beer around my house uh, to kind of keep it in the right range. And I argue that I, I do okay. You know what I mean? The, I, 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 beer, I brew decent, drinkable beer. Uh, it does well in competitions. I've won a fair amount of medals. Um, so it was never really super important for me to um, really worry about temperature control. It's always been something I've wanted to do to build out a fermentation chamber. Um, but it's like the, the last part of the puzzle that I don't actively control. I do everything else except really mess with temperature control. So I'm really excited to have this device to kind of show me what my beer is doing, um, you know, as it ferments and then, you know, where my temperature is actually fitting into so I can see if, if I'm, you know, if it's something that I need to worry about, like Brian uh, thinks I should. 
or if I can just keep doing what I'm doing. So um, they're really slick devices. Uh, they're, I think, about $135. To be honest with you, I've used Amazon points for both of them. So I yeah. have two of them, and I think I spent like 30 bucks of my uh, cash. Um, but uh, yeah, they're just 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 give you more visibility into it and you don't have to take um gravity readings right uh you don't have to remember to you know yeah, you just know you don't have to right. open anything up or take samples or it's all no, I, you know th so there's a discussion around it on the range that you can read the device from brian ferments in a stainless steel vessel and so he has to be standing within like a foot of the vessel in order for the bluetooth to get through and read um I ferment in speedles and uh, even having the speedle inside of my freezer, I'm able to read the tilt in the basement from my main floor. So um, if I walk over by my fireplace in my living room, I can get the signal on my main phone so I can see my tilt. Uh, and now I've actually got it jumping to the, the dock so I can just log into the, the dock and read it. Boom. Yeah, that's the way I would, I would have it set up, you know, like that. So that way, because, yeah, I'm, I mean, now that I, I do have a little mini fermentation chamber, um, I'm also very curious, Jason, on what, you know, my basement would be like. Um, and I feel like I'd have to brew the same beer twice in a row and compare the two graphs. So it's funny right now. I've got I've got my basement. I've got a cold room in my basement or what I consider the cold room. Um, which is kind of a closed off storage room that always is always colder than the rest of the basement. Um, and then I've got the upstairs. So I've, I've got the lager is out of primary fermentation. I've taken it out of the, the keyser where I kept it at 55 degrees. Uh, and it's just sitting in the cold room right now. And so that room and that beer having sat there for two days now is at 61 degrees. Mm. Um, and then uh, the beer I brewed yesterday, the black IPA that I haven't, like I said, I'm old and I'm lazy and I haven't taken it downstairs yet. That's on my main floor where we keep the ambient temperature about 68 degrees. Um, and that beer is fermenting right now at 72, 73 degrees. Um, so I'm pretty confident if I had taken that beer down to my basement or even into that storage room, I could have kept it. Um, high high 80s or uh, high 70s. High, high 80s. Ooh, high yes. 70s. <laughs> In that 66 to 68 range, I'm pretty sure I could have. So, I, so this is the, the, the tech that I'm interested in brewing this year has really been around uh, around this uh, fermentation control, temperature control, and then and then I'm using, I'm doing or playing with it with these tilt hydrometers. Um, and it's just, I just, I think the biggest thing that tickles me is I don't have to worry about uh, taking a, a, a hydrometer or a refractometer reading at the beginning, and I don't have to pull samples, um, you know, at the end. I, I've just got the data. And I've read a lot online, and there's people that say, you know, uh, at any given moment, you know, you could walk up and you can get a wonky reading because the thing is bobbling or, you know, uh, especially if you ferment under pressure, you know, there could be, um, you know, bubbles yeah, that affected it. Yeah. Right. Uh, but if you overall, if you're, if you're, if you're pulling it, so I switched mine to, to log every 15 minutes today. 
Uh, overall, if you take that data and you turned it out and you average it, you get a really clear, pretty, you know, very accurate picture. I think Tilt says their gravity is accurate within 0. 0.00002. Uh, and their temperature ranges within one degree. It seems about right. My, uh, I, I'm pretty sure my fermentation finished a couple days ago, and uh, sort of depending on the, I, I have my my chamber open right now. I'm not temp controlling anymore. Just uh, you know, there's there's no point now that fermentation is pretty much over. But I, I see the gravity <clears throat> jumping around, sort of between like 10, 16 and 10, 18. Um, so I'm actually going to go take a, a reading either tonight after the show or tomorrow. I might even go dry hop uh, tonight. But yeah, it, it seems to be just kind of based on uh, what gas is still maybe like releasing from solution and stuff like that, uh, changing just a little bit. But I know now for the most part, like I can tell that my fermentation is done. Like it's not continuously going down anymore. It's it's on this very pretty much stable uh you know sg track it's pretty nice yeah. yeah that's what i like about it too it's it's i'm i'm sort of able to more to especially with my ipas i do a lot of ipas maybe um sort of know when when an appropriate time to dry hop is now instead of having to either guess or continuously take like uh, gravity measurements and stuff like that um I know my system well enough that in the past I used to wait maybe like seven to nine days and then just kind of go for it. But, uh, you know, sometimes occasionally you have a weird fermentation. Um, I've, I've definitely had fermentations in the last, you know, three months that uh, have taken, you know, two and a half weeks to finish just because uh, things have either started slow or, or something else weird happened. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I was actually thinking about that today when you mentioned the dry hopping aspect of it. I'm, I've been like that too. You know, I always just kind of, I, I left dry hopping up to kind of like timing um, because I didn't want to pull a lot of samples and I don't pull daily samples to see what's happening. But um, even with the tilt, this tilt now and having the, the data, you know, I feel like, I can really dial that in. You know, you're uh, you're really supposed to start, you know, right or dry hop right when fermentation starts to slow or right after high Krausen uh, or Krausen starts to diminish. And um, before it's always been a guess, and I and I guess now I can. I mean, I was I was thinking about like you know I can get a lot more accurate with this and and you know hop at a better time. And I'll be honest with you, this this new or it's not New England this, this IPA that I brewed yesterday. Um, I pitched Ver uh, Veridit IPA on it. Brilliant, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's gone so crazy. I'm, I'm and I'm looking at these the graphs and stuff. You know, like it's dropped uh, thirty points overnight. Um, and I'm like, shit. Maybe I should dry hop tomorrow. Like that's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I'm doing some work. Yeah, no joke. Um, I guess too, if we're talking about the the. Till we should probably mention the. Have you guys heard of the eye spindle? No. So it, it does the same thing. Um, it measures gravity based on like the angle of the you know floaty device. It's uh, just homemade essentially. You can uh, order parts from like Alibaba and throw them all in a uh, uh, like a, a what are those little tubes called the. 
it looks pot, like it's... bottle prefill or uh, pre forms or what, something. What's this thing like, called again? Yeah, uh, I spindle. I was gonna say it looks like uh, the the picture that I just pulled up looks like somebody took an old White Labs uh, vial. Yep. Um, but but yeah, it's a it's a it's a bottle preform before it's been you know injected or mm -hmm. blown out. Interesting. I uh, I've heard mixed reviews. I mean, they definitely seem to to work okay. And you know, again, the for me the draw even for like a tilt is just knowing essentially when when things are stable and I feel like something with this would at least be able to tell me that I don't need it to be, you know, accurate to the, uh, you know, 0 0.001 gravity point or something like that. So it looks cool and it looks like it might be worth looking into. Um, the, the whole build has been around for a while. Uh, you can do like, like home kit integration and stuff. Pretty, pretty good at, at soldering and whatnot. Yeah. I'm looking at the parts list and there's, you got to be pretty okay with building your own electronics. I don't have the uh, electronics DIY bug like that. Like, I mean, it looks cool. And if, if, you, if that's your thing, that would be neat. And in fact, if that's your thing and you'd be willing to make me a couple, I'd probably be into it. But other than that, I'm good with just buying the tools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. Like I have, I have enough things on my plate. I love creating things. Absolutely love doing DIY, but. My plate is full of DIY right now. So, if you are interested, though, uh, Matt Ushman has uh, two videos up: one on how to build a Play-Doh-ish scale, like a keg scale, and he just released a, another video last week, this week on. Uh, yeah, it had to have been last week. <laughs> Today's only Monday. On building uh, something called an eye blopper, which. <laughs> is essentially the uh, DIY version of the Plato airlock, which we can talk about too. Um, but it, it, every time uh, the eye blopper works by measuring tiny vibrations that happen every time a, a CO2 bubble is released out of the airlock. And so essentially it starts counting like CO2 bubbles and it's sort are, of- Are you sure that's what it's called? The eye blopper? Yeah, because I look, mm -hmm. I, I literally Googled eye blopper. I'm getting nothing but TikToks. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, uh, I can put it in, uh, I can put it in chat. Eye um, blopper. I didn't double link that. We'll see. Okay, yeah, I don't went through once, but uh, for uh, I know it, it sucks for us. If we want to try to copy something out of chat, we have to. I don't even know how we do that. Yeah, yeah I was just saying. Uh, I just when saw we, your when we click on it. something, it tries to do that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have two P's in there. That was my issue. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah. Oh shoot, my webcam has successfully updated. Hold on a oh, second. Oh wait, here. we get to see. Oh, you're no longer just going to be a. You're still frozen. Dang it. Um, <laughs> just a pulsing circle. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of nice. It's kind of interesting though, because you're you're like. Uh, I don't know, our, our brewing AI at this point, just like talking at us. Oh, there he is. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I, I don't, um, I don't know much about, I know that the Play-Doh airlock measures, right, the off-gas CO2 and does a calculation, right? Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, so I don't know. 
I, yeah, I don't know if it actually does the same thing. I don't know if it measures vibrations or if it just kind of counts. I don't know how it does. I would assume it's probably the same idea, honestly. Um, way less accurate, but yeah, I just, I honestly, when I, the first time I read about measuring CO2 or the off gas CO2 as a way to measure alcohol volume, I was super skeptical because I'm just like, you know, as a home brewer, there's so many different variables, um, you know, and, and I don't know, that just seems like, um, seems like a less reliable method. I, I yeah, just, no, I, I like the uh, the tilt method yeah. or the eye, whatever, eye spindle. Yeah, it's still, it's just another cool DIY project. But yeah, definitely go check out Matt's channel if you're interested in seeing what it's all about. I mean, he like put out a huge ass long video on doing it. Like all the soldering and connecting pieces and all this stuff. That's cool though. I just yeah. finished my my eagle juice. Uh, of I course, finished. now that it's that I'm off camera, I finished my Al Al Altez Altez Alt. I don't know how to say that. I uh, I've decided that that our shows maybe uh, should be opportunities for me to finish off old beer that's like sitting downstairs in some of my fridges and stuff. And I have some old like Ferndale sours and Ferndale stouts and uh, old bottled homebrew that I brought upstairs and put in my fridge. So we're going oh, you know, to dip into that. That's kind of the, the thought that I went to. I mean, I, I grabbed the normal, you know, sorry, throwback hams. But yeah. then I'm like, no, man, I'm going to drink Jordan shit. I've got all this other beer up here. But by the way, this cider's delicious. No, thank you. Thank you. I actually, after trying like both of them side by side, I feel like the one I didn't submit is better. Um, which is you I have think a lot. Is the one that you're drinking. Yeah, Last? yeah, I got, okay. I got about a half keg of each, I think. Awesome. So yeah, bottle ton of that off. Uh, you uh, you have the um, auto focus on your camera, just like auto zoomed in on you. Oh, yeah, I'll zoom it out. And then out. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> uh, so what, what are you drinking now, Brian? Yeah. Uh, so I did dip into the Ferndale. Uh, mm, Barrel preserve apricot. So oak fermented, then rested on apricots, like some sort of kettle sour. It uh, it looks a little darker than I remember it being. Maybe not too bad. Hmm. So I, I totally forgot what I was going to say. Was it about Jordan's cider? Oh yeah. So talking about the cider i don't so i'm out we were talking about ciders and, and husted's come to came to mind because i really can't wait i want to get i think we talked about this last week i think we're all going to try to do a little bit more of a cider this year yeah uh, i definitely want to uh but i was just going to say i was there for uh, opening day of strawberries and strawberries at husted's this year phenomenal oh um, good so if you want to do anything with strawberries uh if you want to you know torture yourself with strawberry beer or do some kind of strawberry mix with a melomel uh, in your local Kalamazoo. Sorry, not melomel, mead. Um, if you're local to Kalamazoo, check out Hostids. They they had uh, their their berries were really really good. Good to know. Do they have anything else here right now? Like uh, blueberries or I'm not sure no, when the season is. Okay. 
this this time this year it's blueberries and or, i'm sorry strawberries and asparagus i think are the only two crops that are now, speaking of when i was at right brain last i had a really good asparagus beer i was there with you i think yeah you were that was really you bought weird. a six pack i think i don't think that was me <laughs> no it was chase that's who it was yeah because we lost him for a little bit i didn't want to have to kayak back with a six pack of beer so like you know, i did it like... with a fucking pie <laughs> <laughs> it was fine was it, was it worth mostly. it yeah sure it was a well-traveled <laughs> wet pie <laughs> so i think since we we talked quite a bit about tilt and what we're doing with or you know with, with, with our tilts and then the other options with tilt there um i think the next step brian that you can talk to is if you if you have the extra money if you got you know three bills laying around you can go the next level up and get yourself an easy dens which i saw yeah. an ask and thank you for that and that seems pretty goddamn cool too so uh Easy Dens is essentially a, uh, so it's like 350 bucks to start. So um, there's a price tag associated with it. But essentially it's a, a little box, uh, maybe as tall as a deck of cards and as thick as like two uh, that accepts, gosh, I think you need maybe like two milliliters or less of liquid uh, to get a gravity sample from it. Um, so the big advantage for me, the reason that I decided to invest in one is uh, in the last couple of years, I started to get really heavy into mead. Um, and um, for me, I prefer my meads a little bit more on the sweeter side. Uh, for my fruit meads, it's not necessarily an issue. I tend to oversweet them at first and just let them ferment out and finish sweet. Um, but for my traditionals, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, like maybe like spiced meads and, and other things, I tend to want to back sweeten a little bit. And what that entails is essentially chemically stabilizing the mead with potassium sorbate and potassium metabisulfite, and then adding more honey back into it um, so that the honey doesn't referment. The issue with doing that is trying to figure out exactly how much honey like is the sweet spot <laughs> you know, no pun intended um but uh doing bench trials is nice in that you can figure out what you like in terms of the taste but you are typically doing bench trials in such low amounts you know like probably four ounces or less at a time that getting a gravity sample with a hydrometer afterwards is is pretty much impossible and using a refractometer is not uh, reliable there are um, measurements out there that you can use to sort of translate um, fermented refractometer or fermented products you know refractometer readings into like gravity and stuff like that but it's still not super accurate um so the reason that i like the easy dens is that i can use uh, that I can do small bench trials and figure out a gravity of the you know sample that I like, and then just do some basic math and, and scale up the amount of honey that I need to the rest of the liquid that I have. Um, it's it's 
probably I, I think I estimated that it will pay for itself over the course of the next like <laughs> 50, 60 batches or something like that after I bought it. Just I thought um, you were gonna say years at first. No, no. <laughs> I was no. like, wow. Just just off of like product that I'm not wasting. Um if I were to, you know, do very large bench trials so that I could still take hydrometer readings uh, mm-hmm. and then would have to I mean, you can you can drink the bench trials, but um, no, I'm looking at this thing on their website, and it looks like right now they're sitting at about 350 euros, which is like 375 bucks off of their website. You're looking at the U.S. website, or look at more beer. Oh, maybe it is. Yeah, I'm looking at the, I'm looking like right on their website. Like I, I don't know why this came in at euros. Like. Do I have a? <laughs> Are you on your VPN still? That's what I was wondering. Like, where's? <laughs> no, it's not even on. Like, that's weird. Um, um, this is 350 on more beer, so I think I think you could probably get it for that much pretty much anywhere. Oh, uh, that's potentially that's sometimes on sale, but. But that's what's really cool is that you can actually measure proof with this. I'm like I'm looking at all the mm-hmm. all the determinations that they have. I mean, yeah. If you, so, I will say, yeah. it was funny to watch. Brian do it and he was like yeah it's kind of a pain you gotta do this you gotta do that and I was still commented like all of that like the 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 taking the sample the filtering the sample running it through and then rinsing it was it's, you were still done and like faster than I probably could have taken a hydrometer reading and washed my my uh my wine thief like <laughs> it yeah. was just really cool so yeah, I will say that there are some steps you have to do to use it. Um, one, you want to make sure that the, the beverage you're putting through it is um, decarbonated, uh, which you can do, again, just by running it through a, a coffee filter. You also want to make sure it doesn't have any solids, uh, which a coffee filter will take care of, too. I keep just a whole pack of like cheap dollar store coffee filters in my like mead kit downstairs. And... Uh, just kind of run a sample through and kind of squeeze it gently through the coffee filter just so I don't have to wait for it to all percolate through. Um, it seems to work well enough. And then, yeah, it comes with a syringe. I think it's I, the syringe that I have downstairs is labeled <clears throat> with some, uh, like some printer company. I think they use it uh, for like refilling uh, ink cartridges for printers or something, but it happens to be, you know, the right size for the easy. Ten, so perfect. Yeah. That's what they ship it with. And, uh, you just uh, pull up a little bit of a sample, squeeze it through the uh, little tube. Uh, it'll come out the exit port attached to another tube that you can sort of send into a, a glass as a waste product and uh, turn it on, connect it to your phone, and you can kind of hear it buzz a little bit as it vibrates or does electronic things. I don't really know what it does. Uh, and then, uh, And then you get a reading right on your phone. Um, the, the only, the only negative thing I have to say about the, the easy dens with the exception of the price is that the app, um, if, if you want to save batches in the app in order to save more than 10, I think they want you to pay a subscription fee, like a yearly subscription fee. So, I mean, there's, there's almost no reason to use that feature of the app. If you can, you know, just take a note. But, um, yeah, it, it's still cool. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I use it for my beer, uh, though, too, and I use it for my mead. But um, to- totally worth it for my own personal use. I 
I've used it for at least 20 batches of mead now. And uh, it's been invaluable. I don't know how I would have done what I do right now uh, without wasting as much mead as I would have. So I can definitely see this being a, you know, a pretty, pretty uh, integral piece of the, your, your brewing arsenal. If, you know, depending on the, the volume that you're doing, like, I love this thing cause I'm a nerd and this looks really cool. I'm still looking at the website. Um, because I wanted to know if they labeled like what their methodology of measuring is like, or is it like somehow like a type of spectroscopy or like, what? Well, cause I see that little tube in there and I'm like, okay. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, no, as, as for me, right, like if I, if I start doing, if I, if I feel like I'm going to start doing more meads uh, or should, um, you know, home distilling ever become a popular thing, um, I could see that, you know, something like that being very useful. Yeah, it's, it's just an upgrade. I mean, you know, you start out as a home brewer, you're either going to start with a hydrometer or a hydrometer refractometer. Both of those are super cheap. You know, you can get a, a refractometer now for, you know, probably under 20 bucks and the same for yep. a hydrometer. Um, you could probably buy three hydrometers for like 10 or yeah. something like that. <laughs> I, you know, the, the thing that I, I like most about these, uh, you know, up, upping these devices, aside from, you know, potential accuracy and easy use, it's also, I feel it's more sanitary. You know, there's, you, you know, everybody says the number one thing about brewing is sanitation, sanitation, sanitation. And, uh, you know, like until I put it in there, I never have to open that beer. Um, you know, I even think with the easy dens, uh, you know, you're able to at any time get a very, very small sample, you know, even if it's with like a sterile pipette or, or even if it's after the fact, you know, like that, that's what started this weekend. I asked Brian what the ABV on uh, fuel juice was and he didn't know. So he just pulled a sample and did it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think that's the benefit of it. It just adds an extra layer. Uh, so, yeah. I, I, Jordan, I did find the, uh, in the FAQ, it says uh, the Easy Dens is a digital density meter that uses the renowned, the renowned, because, you know, everybody uses it, the, uh, the renowned oscillating YouTube principle, uh, the letter U, not the, you know, Google yeah, channel, not, Google don't not. sue us. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So, so yeah, okay. Google, Google renowned oscillating YouTube principle, I guess. So that's tech in relation to alcohol content gravity temperature um what else is uh what, what else are your big tech things this year in in brewing brian i think out of the three of us at least i believe you're probably the techiest uh brewer i uh gosh i hate to keep going back to my play-doh kegs but damn if i don't love my <laughs> That's where I was kegs. yeah i was i was hoping those were gonna come up because they're on my list I cannot get over. So I'm going to pull this up right now. Um, and I think I've showed it on the, uh, on the stream before. But so I, um, I I wrote my own tap list like software using uh, uh, using the, the API that Plato provides for um, 
their kegs. So, and it's not anything super fancy or anything like that, but this is downstairs what my uh, tap list looks like. I have it displayed on like a 22 inch monitor that's hooked up to a, a Raspberry Pi. And uh, the fill list over here on the side uh, tells me in real time, you know, essentially how much beer I have on tap uh, for that particular tap. Uh, I have one sitting outside of my keg that my CO2 tank sits on, so I can tell when my CO2 is getting low. Um, normally, with CO2 tanks, you don't know how low it is until that last little bit where it drops from full to empty, essentially. That little, you know, dial doesn't really do crap. Um, so I like having a little bit of a, a heads up there. Not that I don't have an extra tank sitting around that I haul around my basement to do other things with, but I don't know. It's nice. Um Top left, I just have, I just like knowing how many gallons I have on tap. That's just like a, you know, one of those things like, oh yeah, I got, you know, a little over 10 gallons of beer on tap right now. And that seems like a problem, but in reality, I'm a home brewer, so uh, that's low. <laughs> and uh, uh, two is actually my, my sparkling water. I don't have it on there right now. I probably should list it on there, but. Um, You've been drinking on Eagle Juice? I have so I've been look, drinking look. the hell out of some Eagle Juice. I'm going to do another brew probably next week um, and just have it sit maybe or maybe the week after. Maybe I'll try to have something sit while I'm at uh, Homebrew Con. But I want to I want to enter that into the state fair and potentially MHF. I'm not 100% sure. We'll see, but um yeah, it's nice. As soon as I take a pour, uh, this will adjust in real time down. Um, it shows me, because I do a lot of bottling for competitions, I wrote in some math to show me how many 12-ounce bottles worth of beer I have left. Um, so, I mean, it's not like I couldn't do the math right from the number of ounces that I have left, but, you know, just just really nice to be able to look at stuff and know how much beer I have left for competitions and stuff like that. Um, no, I've definitely got caught on that where I'm like, oh, you know, this is a good beer. I kind of want to bottle some up and then don't do it for a little while. And then all of a sudden the tap starts sputtering at me. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you don't want to pick up the keg to feel because right. as soon as you do that, if you're not using a top draw system, and even if you are, depending on how low it is, you start stirring up all the, the shit that collected and compacted at the bottom of the keg. And now your next pour uh, depending on how rough you were lifting it up uh, is not, you know, this clear or whatever again. Not that I'm a huge stickler on clear beer, but there is something to say with like, you know, sediment somehow sometimes uh, affecting like the flavor of beer and stuff like that. And, you know, the presentation, it's always just really nice to drink a cr absolutely crystal clear lager instead of, you know, like, like imagine if this was like an Oktoberfest or something like that. You know, you don't want to drink an mm -hmm. Oktoberfest that looks like that. So, yeah, might take might taste right and all that, but you know, if I'm going after it's it's part of the experience. Yeah, you know? I'm I'm with you. So, I like them. They are not the cheapest. Um, I think they're something like 120 bucks a piece. You can buy them in uh, packs to make them around like 100 a piece. Um. But they're cool. And back to Matt Ushman again. I, I'm naming dropping you a bunch tonight, bro. But he has a, he has a build on, on building keg scales. 
that he connects to HomeKit, uh, or I'm sorry, Home Assistant. HomeKit's the the Apple thing. Um, so that's that's kind of something I wanted to bring up too. Is uh, there's a lot of integrations with uh, with Home Assistant that you can do. Basically, anything that can send data out, anything that can have like an API, can sort of integrate with Home Assistant. You can run it on like a virtual machine or on your computer or on a Raspberry Pi, but essentially it's this uh, this sort of central hub for all of the uh, Internet of Things toys uh, in your house that can like send or receive data. So, um, actually, not that I'm not pulling all the things up tonight, but let's see if I can pull this up too. Uh, So I have my home assistant running on a Raspberry Pi. just kind of sits in my office. Um, the only big thing that I use it for right now is to uh, monitor my like weather-related things, like uh, the temperature outside, the temperature inside, when my nest kicks on and off and stuff like that. Um, let me share my screen again. So this is the sort of stuff that it can do. Um, and, and it could do this for a scale too. Like it could tell you like this green line on top could be like the amount of beer that you have, like a keg, like over time or something like that. But um, on top here is uh, the, um, the temperature outside versus the temperature inside in my house over time. Um, based on information that my nest is feeding versus information that I get from AccuWeather, I think. Um, down here, if my heat or AC kicks on, uh, I'll start to get, I'll get like a populated bar uh, that'll be either red or blue, just so I can see like how long it kicked on or off. Right now with my nest, uh, it'll show me the total time from the day before that it was on but i don't really get like an hourly breakdown or anything so that led me to sort of um, look into creating something like this um, what is did but and then at the bottom is humidity uh, again it's humidity inside my house versus humidity outside my house so it's a little more humid inside my house than not right now um, and i just use that to sort of track as well because if it gets way too humid in my house um, I, I go and beg Shana to let me turn on the AC because I get super uncomfortable. So I use that to sort of like monitor my own comfort as well. But um, you, you can do this sort of stuff with um, Play-Doh. I'm sorry, uh, the Play-Doh kegs, but probably Tilt too, um, honestly. I'm sure there's a way to, uh, if you Google it, uh, send Tilt data to Home Assistant to track that sort of stuff. Um, Matt's iBlopper uh, video sends data to Home Assistant. You can also set up triggers so that when um, certain things reach certain values, you can send like text messages or push notifications to your phone. Um, it's a really powerful piece of software to be, you know, totally free. It requires a little bit of setup and a little bit of know-how, but there's like 5,000 billion guides um, on YouTube and online and wherever to to set this stuff up so i like yeah. how you had one section on there that was just labeled hacks so <laughs> that was so i can't remember what hack stands for so it's it's not actually like hacks it's uh 
uh, I I kind of figured, <laughs> but I was just I, that wasn't. I'm just I'm making fun of you. But it's the shit. home assistant community store, so it's like um like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> of course, they community hacks. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the answer too is you absolutely can send uh, tilt data to home assistant. I think it's through MQTT. Okay. So. And so. Um, just based off of that, you can make your own push notifications. Like you can say like, Hey, when my, uh, when my tilt gravity reaches 1030, because you know, that's when you want to dry hop or something like that, like send me a push notification. And so you're not consistently monitoring your tilt for yep. information. You're instead getting, you know, notified in real time of when it's time you mosey on down and do your dry hop. Super cool stuff. You know, I, I, use if this than that for mm -hmm. a lot of different stuff at least that's what that's what i brad or not brad but jason this one's brian that one's jason um i thought that's what you said about if okay now now that's brian <laughs> now that's jason that <laughs> <laughs> that's that that's what you were saying about about tilt integrating with but i use i mean not that it's brewing related but i use if this and that for all sorts of different push notifications and automations in my everyday life. Yeah, sure. I, I need to, uh, like I just, just kind of cheesed out and just have it dumping to a Google doc. But now, now that Brian said that it's like, yeah, I, I need to, I need to get fancier with this. It's just cool. It is just cool. I, I totally agree. Um, it, it's not necessary. Again, I, I don't know if this does anything nope. fantastically particular for me to, to make my my beer better or anything like that. It's just an ease of use thing and a peace of mind thing. And well, I mean, that's that's all of technology. I mean, true. You know, most most tech isn't there to, you know, in, in some cases, it does make things better. But often, <laughs> often, oftentimes, like the technology is developed to make lives easier you know like push notifications like i don't want to have to sit there and monitor shit constantly or have a screen running that i can go down and check all the time but you know just send it to my phone yep. and then that'll go to your watch so i can be anywhere in my house and as soon as that beer hits you know whatever that specific gravity is like oh okay cool yeah now don't you have brian don't you have a, a... A push set up with your Play-Dohs to tell you when somebody pulls a cap a pint. So the integration um, can do that. I have it turned off, um, but uh, totally. Like if you have kids uh, Boom. at home, you just sold Play-Dohs to my wife. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> it, it, as soon as a uh, uh, you know a, a pint gets pulled or something like that, or I think it. It measures it in, so the way that it works, as far as I can tell, is it continuously pulls the weight, P-O-L-L. And as soon as the difference in weight is enough to be like maybe two ounces or so or more, um, it registers that as a pour and it will, um, you know, create like a piece of data for it. And if you have notifications turned on, it will uh, send you a uh, notification for that. So it's not like a, it's going to 
send you a notification every time the weight fluctuates, you know, a little bit because of, uh, you know, just, I don't know, just the way it scales work sometimes. It's continuously monitoring, so it might fluctuate a little bit sometimes. But, um, but yeah, yeah, as soon as, you know, uh, four ounces are poured or something like that, you you can get a text no or a, a push notification on your phone that says, hey, like, somebody just poured some beer. And that, that'll happen, you know, anywhere you are. You don't have to be connected to your home's Wi-Fi or anything like that. Um, you can get that notification anywhere. And so that's really cool. Uh, I don't use it because I don't, I don't need that, but it's totally helpful. I can totally see that. Um, and in fact, it might not even be the worst idea to have it on all the time in case you uh, what if have you a leak or something like that. Yeah, there's something about your tap or... Yeah. Yeah. So in, in, in saying that, uh, the Play-Doh scales also have this nice feature in that they can detect liquid. So as soon as liquid oh. reaches a certain point in the scale, they can send you an alert saying, hey, liquid detected. And uh, if you have a leak in your, uh, in your keg, which I definitely have had before, yeah. uh, it can send you a notification before your entire five-gallon keg gets leaked into uh, the bottom of your keyser, which really sucks. Um, the whole reason I have a shop vac. Yeah. <laughs> That's, no, actually, yeah. Uh, there was, I, I think I was talking to Brian about a comp once and I had like, I, what I figured on being about eight bottles of looper left in a keg. And I, I, I put a picnic tap on it to taste it, make sure I had the right keg and I was going to bottle it, you know, in a few hours. Um, and I, I tucked it away and I, I, I came back luckily like 20 minutes later and half of the volume that I had planned on using was in the bottom of my No. <laughs> yeah. Everything yeah. leaked. And um, yeah, I just scrambled to get enough. Actually, I think that was for nationals. I think I had to send, I'm supposed to send six. And I think I, I, I was left with no choice but to send five and just hope. Mm. Yep, I that's that's similar. I, mine was also for a competition. It was, uh, oh, what was it? Uh, Distant Whistle when they were doing. I think it was Distant Whistle when they were they were doing a. Uh, I forgot about those. Yeah, a wit a wit beer competition. I remember that one. Yeah, uh, a, a yep. while ago, and I was super excited. But you know, I was like, as the beer was brewing and whatnot, I changed all my um, tap lines you know, which was a huge pain in the ass, but needed to happen. Hadn't done it in a few years at that point, And I'm probably getting about time to do it again. Uh, apparently one of the, uh, one of the O-rings on my CFL connectors just didn't quite seal right. So as I was carbonating it, it just out of the keg into the keyser, all five gallons of it. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Like, and I went away for that weekend, so like I was out of CO two, oh, no. I was out, I was out of beer, oh, and uh... there was that beer was bad. I mean, there was nothing like it's. It was just in my key in my keyser. So like, yeah, I was Damn. like, well, good excuse to buy a, a, a wet dry vac. So went and bought one, sucked it out, and dumped it out back. Sad panda. But I learned. <laughs> yeah. The most important thing. After right. Yeah, after, after. I don't know what, 
like I love the the idea that Plato uh, scales can detect um, moisture or liquid. In my instance, in that instance, since I was away for that weekend, I wouldn't have mattered. I would have just been getting pings the entire time. Yeah. Like your keys are wet, and like I know that the beer is sitting at the yeah. bottom of it. Just feeling the 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 the, the pain. Uh, you can't turn those off in the app. So if you wanted to drink and, and not get notified anymore, you just open up the app and be like, no, no, just no. Yeah. Piece of the hurt. <laughs> that would be my thing. It'd be like, I know I just pulled a pint. You damn <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I, I have all those notifications turned off except for the liquid one. So which I've never seen, thankfully. Um I should probably someday like dip one in a in some water or something just to see if something happens. But... Are you working? <laughs> yeah. I, I do have one that I haul around my uh um my basement too to use for things occasionally the the cord that it comes with is powered so here's a thing i guess too that that i should mention it's powered through usb it doesn't have like a electrical like Weird. like okay. like socket outlet it's a usb cord so if you're going to um, buy a bunch of these to run them you want to buy a nice uh, usb hub that can supply power to at least as many uh, USB ports as you're going to be using for these kegs. Um, I have one mounted to the back of my keyser that they all plug into just for power. And then the USB hub just plugs into a... Um, oh my God, what's the name of the thing that has like six power sockets in it that plugs into a wall? Power strip. Yeah, a power, yeah, power strip. strip. Yeah. <laughs> I've only... It's this fucking Ferndale beer, man. I don't... It's like... That's right. I, I even blanked for a second. Like power <laughs> conditioner? Like that's not no <laughs> a power strip. Yeah. So that's why we drink. That is why we drink. Maybe this is a reason to not drink as much. I don't know. But uh, to move away from from uh the Plato stuff, one thing that I I don't have and that up until very recently, and I started to get more into dry least, I was uh, very much considering was a microscope uh, and a uh, hemocytometer. So uh, stuff to measure cell counts. Um, I think that's what it's called, right? The the flow cytometer, I think, would probably be what you're... Or just cytometer altogether. Hemo would technically mean blood. It is, yep. You you use uh you use the one that they use for blood for um using using cell count for like yeast cell counts like apparently it works really well. So the way that it works, I guess, um, is you essentially determine how many. You, you first determine what you're going to consider like alive cells and dead cells in terms of like where they sit like on squares mm -hmm. that you'll put under a microscope. And then you essentially count how many alive cells are like within, you know, your your square count and how many dead cells are within your square count. And you kind of scale it up using the maths and you can get a, an idea of like what, uh, you know, what the cell count is for uh, what you're going to be pitching into your beer. Um, I, I've 
in recent years, this was like years ago that I was considering it. In recent years, I've I've sort of came to the conclusion that um, if I take so I freeze yeast. Uh, I have a huge, huge bank of frozen yeast in my my freezer, and if I can get a yeast going and I can tell that it's like fermented all the way through in my starter after like you know three or four days or something like that, uh, if that long then I'm pretty sure that it's going to be a strong start. I've never had an issue with it, with the exception of Imperial mm. lately. Um, not that I mean to call them. I know, I think we talked about that like last show. It's, it's came up a few I, times. Yeah. I, I don't think we wanted to call them on specifically, but I've had some issues with Imperial East, but, um, but, uh, I've since gone to like a lot of dry yeast. I, I use dry yeast for maybe one third of my brews these days. And that's slowly moving towards like the one half market, especially with Verdant. I've been so happy with Verdant lately. Uh, for my you guys keep talking IPAs. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon, Brandon Edwards turned me on to that yeast. I really like it a lot. I got some off of Brandon. I think I'm doing like, this is my third fermentation with it. And yeah, it's just you. You guys say that's technically like London three, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, which is weird. They call it they call it Verdant IPA, um, but it's the it's the new yeah London three equivalent or acceptable substitution. I don't know. Yeah. But yeast yeast counts, I think, for the homebrew, I think are are cool, but maybe not necessarily as uh, as important. I, a lot of the things that we do as homebrewers sort of uh, originated, maybe from what like professional brewers do, and a lot of what we do isn't always as necessary as what they do. I think, and while it's still cool, I don't know if it's quite as necessary maybe if you're doing like repitches and stuff like that and you're really into it um, i definitely would not want to turn anybody away from doing things that are going to be fun or uh, informative for them or anything like that but i have personally since decided it's not as important i i think it's it's cool if it's fun if you find enjoyment in it but it's it's definitely not required for the hobby but, but again, I guess that's been everything that we've been talking about tonight so far. None of it is. So, You're right. uh, you know. None of it is absolutely required. Um, you know, you, you can, as a homebrewer, you don't need to even take any goddamn reading, any of these readings. But you know, if you just want to brew a batch of beer and drink it, enjoy it. And you know what? Uh, you know what I was thinking about before the show too, since we were talking about technology. And I think that this was potentially one of the coolest homebrewing advancements for a while until the company shut down. But uh, do you guys remember Pico Brew? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Um. So for those unfamiliar with Pico Brew, they had a bunch of different systems and what you could do was essentially buy or maybe you could even create your own on their website at one point i think you could but you could buy a kit kind of it it was like a sort of like a keurig pod 
but with beer ingredients. And you would stick this pod in your Pico device and uh, it would read the barcode from the kit and uh, figure out what it needed to do to brew that kit with regards to hop additions and boil times and uh, mashing like the grain that was in this pod, this kit and stuff like that. And I don't know. Amazing. Oh, it was, I mean, it was what a great concept for people that want to like have homebrew beer at home, but like don't necessarily have the time to dedicate to, to making beer because like an all grain batch takes me at least four hours. Yep. Um, the, so, the volume wasn't that big. It wasn't a full five gallons. It was only like what? I don't think two. that they did have a five gallon one. They had a I, one gallon for sure. Maybe two and a half. It was like one to two gallon tops. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, it was really small. But it was neat, you know. I mean, I, I honestly made fun of it because you watch the video and they're just like, "Slide this thing in." And, you know, <laughs> it's kind it of up. like, is it really home brewing if the yeah. machine does it all for you? I mean, kind of. You know, come back seven days later. It's definitely here. made at your home, but oh. yeah, you you lose a lot of control. Um, most of the people using those devices probably didn't. Temp control their fermentation. Uh, (laughs) Because really, all that thing did did it? Did it? Could you did it ferment in there too? It did. It fermented. I actually believe it it carbonated. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I believe it was an all-in-one unit. They just did everything. And what a cool concept! It was probably like the. The, the the hipsteriest one of the bunch, if that's a accurate. Yeah, I was going to say there were a few different companies. There were something I, similar. I, yeah, I actually remember um, this guy, you know, in my neighborhood, or uh, somebody visiting my neighborhood saw me brewing one day and walked over and was all like bragging because they worked at Whirlpool, and Whirlpool was making like this all-in-one. You 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 brewed in it. It, it, it or yeah, you brewed in it. It fermented in the same vessel, um, and then you, you know, you you served off of it too. It was like a yeah, yeah you know, okay. from from brew pot to kegerator, and that one was full size batches. Oh, um, and I just remember thinking like, I, I think I even told the guy like that's absolutely ridiculous. Like it had to have been as much as like a like a three vessel like. Like spark was, system, or yeah. Something. I was just gonna say, like that. I be say, like five grand yeah, or something. Yeah, no, it was expensive, and it looked like a, like a dishwasher. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was whirlpool. Yep. So, like, you got this big appliance. It's you know, I mean, if I had a dedicated brew house on my property, if I could just yeah, you know, basically shove a giant Tide pod into a huge dishwasher <laughs> and, and get alcohol know, from Yeah, it. and get, get beer out in two weeks. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'd, I think I'd be down. But uh, if I had, you know, the bullshit money to blow. But I think the other than problem, that, not... <clears throat> with some of those, it's just, yeah, Pico Brew is definitely uh, currently closed. There's a, a whole secondary like community of like uh, that have like hacked it, I think, or that are attempting to, and that like are sort of engaging in, in how to create pods for it still, or how to like make it still work. There's a whole community still out there dedicated That's to a, using this thing. 
I was trying to find out how much the pods cost because that, that's what I was going to say. It was like, I think Pico's downfall was it was just so freaking expensive. Oh, I don't, I never, yeah, I never, I, I never got that deep into it. Yeah. I mean, by the, I time mean the, the unit itself was kind of expensive as well. So that's what I remember kind of, I remember looking, I'd be like, oh, that'd be fun. Um, but it also kind of, the other thing that I guess kind of, pulled me away from it is that it kind of takes away uh, at least I felt like at the time I again didn't do that much reading into it because uh, I felt like it was automated which is awesome but kind of took away from that ability to experiment and make things your own like yeah if you want to mash at a slightly higher temperature for a recipe you know create a little bit more body in the beer or mash lower and you know then you, you don't have that there, there's a feeling control. of accomplishment having like slaved away for four hours in a day and uh you know and then come out you know two weeks later with like this beer that you made uh, there, there's something to it so i was outside the other day and uh and i had so sometimes i like to mill outside especially when it's warm just so i don't get all the grain dust in my basement mm -hmm. uh, it's probably not good to breathe in anyway but um, I'll haul my mash ton outside and I'll haul my mill outside and mill right on top of my mash ton and just slowly, you know, stir water into it or whatever afterwards. But I, I was just thinking as I was like dumping grain into my mill and milling my grain, it's like you're, you're, you're literally creating beer from like nothing from like ingredients from, you know, just it's alchemy. It's, it really is yeah, like it's it's, it's modern so day alchemy. cool when you when you really get down to it you know it's like, it's like baking you know in that aspect too uh there's there's sort of a lot of science in baking um speaking it it's like you know if, if i get my french press out and i mill my coffee and i i you know get the right temperature and i dick around with that press and and you know go through the motions of it like i appreciate the the work and the effort I put into that and I drink that cup of coffee and, I, and it's it's more special right and you only do it on special occasions mm. um right you know so I, but if I pop a pot into my Keurig I'm just get drinking a fucking cup of coffee <laughs> right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly I'm not, exactly I'm not getting any, any other um you know fucking stimulation out of it so that's what I put into it it's, it's just yeah if no and, and that's the, the the rub of it is if you want something that can you know, make beer like that, like just make me some, some homebrew, um, you know, then you're not really into it for the art. You just want homebrew and then it's really expensive, just really crazy expensive. So, um, yeah, it just, their business model was shit. And they're gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think That's... anything like that still exists, <clears throat> exists anymore. Actually, if you, I just tried to go because I was looking for the, the price of the pods. Um, other than people in comments saying that they were expensive, the site is gone. The URL. Oh, shit. Wow. Okay. You know, it's, it doesn't exist anymore. Um, I peak brew. I remember when they when that first came out, there was like, peak brew was a huge thing. And then like three or four other companies came out to, to do shit like that. And Yeah. I feel like I was just kind of like one of those like hype train, like, and that everybody started developing it because they felt like they could do it better. But then, like, I don't know, the market's not there. Cause I still feel like you get into brewing 
and you buy like you buy that as your initial unit like yeah. i'd love to see the metrics on how many people bought that as their entry level unit as opposed to people who were like started with extract and propane burners outside and then worked their way up into all grain and a kegerator and whatnot and then switched over to a pico brew um I'd be willing to bet that that's, that's probably, there's probably a big differential there. It's probably just the people who had to spend the money to entry. Um, and then there's some of us that do go backwards, right? Cause I did just officially brew my first extract beer last week. I was, I was just going to bring that up. I was going to say, speaking of technology, like extracts technically part of like a technology. And, and I, I said at the beginning of the show, maybe we go back in time a little bit. And, and get to the the less battery acquired stuff so yeah go how go into your extra i think jason i mean it was uh, uh boil water um mix in some powder and uh you said it felt like cheating oh it was totally <laughs> you know like you said i didn't mill i didn't you know i didn't get the mash in i have to worry about mash temperature i didn't have to worry about my mash timing i didn't have to worry about stuck grain or, or a stuck mash. I just, I just, yeah, it was, it eliminates, you know, a good, I think 60% of the brew day, yeah. um, you know, probably yeah. even more. Um, and then to the point that, yeah, I mean, I, you, you know, you, you hydrate your, your, your powder or you, you stir in your um, syrup if you're going that route and boil forever as long as you want you do your hop additions and you chill you're done you know so it was yeah. like a, a, a less than two hours uh where a normal brew day is you know if i'm really busting out i could probably you know if i'm really on my timing and my prep you know you can probably knock out a brew in four or four and a half hours and this was probably an hour and 50 minutes Yep, that's 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 amazing. I may have to switch over to doing some extracts. Oh, dude, I I <laughs> am so all about it now. Um, I think I might still stray away from liquid just because they tend to have, they, they tend to oxidize, and I think they they have more of an expiration date than the powdered stuff does. Um, I feel but... like you also like if you're adding it to you know hot liquid and whatnot, and you're on top of your burner, maybe you could get some scorching at the totally. bottom of your kettle. Yep, it definitely does not mix as well. Would be my guess. Okay. In fact, I did prehydrate off the stove. Like, oh, that, that's a great idea. Yeah, that's a yeah, super that's, good that's, idea. That's wonderful. I took yeah, I took all the powders, made sure they were well mixed before they went to the burner. You know, or mix. Mm -hmm. I may I may have to do. Uh, an extract brew next i don't know i keep saying i feel like the past three episodes it was like i'm gonna brew this i'm gonna brew this next i'm gonna, like <laughs> i've i i've i just haven't brewed enough i gotta gotta satisfy that need and make, make some eagle juice time. do it inside on your stove or something so this I'm isn't my recipe i need to stop calling it eagle juice this is the the nhc gold medal winning recipe from 2021 for american lager but um I'm calling it Eagle Juice. I, I used a different hop, and well, you used a different hop, so it's a different say, recipe. So, you know, honestly, you know, you were talking about, um, you know, you might enter it, and then I'm like, well, depending on you know the brews that I can pull off, I'm like, well, I might have to enter it. And then I kind of felt 
like a douchebag because I'm like, you gave me the recipe. Not only did you give me the recipe, you bought the shit for me because you're. <laughs> but but here's the thing: cut the metal in half. You're fermenting differently than me. Right. You used different water than me, yep. and you use different hops than me. I know. So oh no, I justified it to myself. Where yeah. if I had to do this, I'm like, <laughs> I did exactly that. I, you know, it's my water. Uh, we use different hops. You use noble citra. I use noble laurel. Laurel. Um, you know, and and then yeah, my my water is amazing. Your water is, me. You know, I get it's, it. It's it's neutral in every way <laughs> until, until I add things to it. Uh, Brandon says supposedly DME makes better in uh, cold water, which wouldn't surprise me honestly. So yeah. I I did mix a bunch of uh, DME and you know to this boil, and uh, it did eventually you know mix in and stuff like that, but it immediately clumped into balls. Yep. Um, when uh, hey. when, I, when I did that, there's what's up, Ruffin. man? What's going on, man? Thanks for joining I was, us. I was going to say I mixed it. I mixed it with the hottest tap water. Cause I was, I was taking it out of my tap. So I'd probably mix it at like 130 degrees and don't give me shit about the temperature of my tap water. Um, but yeah, it, it, it comes a little right, bit, beat the shit out of it. Not, <laughs> not everybody has the same love for their top level, top layer of dermis. You can show no, 130 degrees. Almost every day that I, <laughs> I uh, I want to change the temperature of that, and then I'm just too lazy to go downstairs. It's a dial. You just eat. I know. Downstairs, like I could go, I could go change it three times. I know. <laughs> while I go change it, go get a beer, which I'm gonna go do real quick. I uh, while you do that, I'm not super unhappy with uh, I, I'm really maybe I should have drank these earlier. I I don't know why I've let these uh, Ferndale beers sit so long. I think it's just because I need to be in a particular mood to drink. You know a apricot preserve uh barrel sour this is like a 18 month old uh pisces it's a double chocolate imperial stout and it's really solid i'm i'm digging that i i am am more and more okay with my decision of having these shows be my uh drink all the beer on the shelf downstairs to make room for more mead shows so Right yeah, I need to buy some uh, mead racks, or wine racks, I guess. Um, I have a lot of my mead sitting in corked bottles, um, sitting upright right now. And you'll read conflicting opinions online of whether that's okay or not. There's uh, a study that was done by the like Australian Wine Institute. I'm probably getting the exact name wrong. Um, a couple of years ago saying that there's enough moisture under the cork to keep the entirety of the cork hydrated, even if it's sitting upright, just based off of like, you know, evaporation or whatever. But um, I cracked open a bottle of something the other night. Oh, it was a peach blackberry mead that Bill uh, Blakesley and I did last year because it's been almost a year now. Uh, and it, w- it was quite tasty. Not my favorite, but way better than it was a year ago. Bill, when you listen to this uh, on the podcast, whenever you do, uh, crack one of those open. It's much better than it was uh, when we first made it. Uh, it's still a little hot, still a little weird, but super yummy. I drank pretty much the whole bottle by myself. Um, but the cork cracked in half almost as I was opening it up. And I'm not sure if that's just because I suck at opening bottles 
that could be. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was because the cork was a little dry too. Uh, I kind of didn't. Mm, <laughs> we just had a the same thing. Like we had a a, um, a cork crack last time we opened one together too, didn't we? We did. What are, what are we talking about now? Oh, Matt, I'll get back to yeah. you in a sec, buddy. Uh, just Brian and Howie stores his hundred bottles of mead. Oh yeah, I'm. I've I've got a, I've got a meet. I'm gonna have to bottle up here soon. Brandon like totally do that. Steep some specialty grain or something with it too, and just like, oh yeah, you know, have an easy brew day. Yeah, that's actually absolutely. that's that's how I started brewing. I like I never really did try that. full extract. It was almost always something that had specialty grains that was that I'd were steeped. Even lazier and do like just cold brew specialty grains the night before. Yeah. Yeah, Brandon says since I've got a bunch of that golden light DME from Bell's, I'll have to do some relaxing uh, DME IPA brew days. So absolutely, yeah. Matt, uh, I had you open a second ago, but he says yeah, he sees the Arduino link. Uh, so we we were actually talking about the eye blopper, I, I believe. It's a terrible name. I know. So I was talking about your video for a sec. So, you know, tonight's our technology video or night or whatever. So we were talking about uh, tilts and eye spindles for a second. And then I, uh, it, it was just serendipitous that you released that eye blopper uh, video last week. And so I, I happened to mention that too. And does, so maybe you know this, Matt, does the eye blopper work off the same principle as the Play-Doh airlock? Is it all about vibrations? Um, I don't know if it's like measuring CO2 for it's measuring vibrations, the, the Play-Doh airlock. I know the eye blopper does. And then we talked about home assistant for a second too. We can bring that back to the YouTube thing here. Once he answers, I did some quick reading about what, about how that, uh, that easy dens works. Oh yeah. Go for it. Um, what what is it? What so? What was it? YouTube, yeah, oh, YouTube, not the it's the YouTube os oscillating YouTube principle. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's what it seems like is that they have a a, a speaker and a microphone on either side of that tube, and the liquid goes in, and they apparently they shoot sound through it and measure no the shit. reverberation of the tube. No, density of the wow, that's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I didn't. I didn't know that. Like, like I was saying, like I was thinking spectroscopy, where they, you know, it's very similar. They have a glass tube or a reader, and they shine light through it and measure the ref the refraction of it to measure the size of the molecules within the liquid. Yeah. Um, but this one, this is different. I, I hadn't, I didn't know this was a thing to measure like how shit shakes based on the density of the liquid but... based on the noise that it makes, uh, when it runs. I don't know if you remember hearing that Jason, but that totally oh, it, makes sense. now. it buzzes. It's, yeah. it's, it's vibrating. It's, it's basically the, the speed of vibration. It's not the sound that it makes. It's what the vibration does to the liquid. It, hmm. liquid different densities are going to react differently to that sound. And it, and this obviously has something that it can measure the vibration. Right. It kind of, kind of like triggered me thinking though, like I feel like it have to be to like measure so precisely that, you know, it'd have to be pretty sensitive, which does it come in like a padded case? It's pretty like... thick. 
yeah if, it feels like if you drop it it's probably going to be okay but that you still kind of don't want to um jake yeah uh from, you don't throw from around the 300 yeah you know, the last two I, I was talking to jake last year from print uh, from presidential and i guess uh, he had the version one and he accidentally dropped it and it, it busted so rip yeah, yeah yeah so it's definitely not uh not impervious <laughs> Yeah, because I don't think you'll be able to replace that that tube in there. Like if that no. if that busts, like that's you're just, you're done. I did see, however, they apparently sell a care package, like a service package. So I don't know if that okay would cover something like that. Not not you know not that I'm getting into selling that type of stuff, but um, just knowing the sensitivity of you know the way that that's working, like might be worthwhile if you're gonna buy one. Yeah. You know, seems seems like a super sensitive piece of equipment. It is. Um, but you yeah. get amazing accuracy out of it. If you really need to know the data, you know, uh, the data points of what you're brewing. Like, I, I still run RO water through it like once a month and it still reads accurately. Um, but I try to take really good care of it, too, and run like good warm RO water through it for uh, most of my measurements whenever I can. And uh, we're, I was talking to Jason about this. I'm not sure if we can run like PBW through it or something. I kind of want to because I feel like that might break up some solids in there and just flush it with more RO water. I don't think there's anything special I mean, about the inside of the glass. It's probably just no, glass. It's, right? it's borosilicate. It's the same yeah, stuff that like okay. your beaker is going to be made out of. Yeah, I was almost wondering though if instead of PBW, if you should just do like a vinegar rinse. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, vinegar followed by uh, like an RO flush. Yeah, yeah, vinegar than RO. Um, but yeah, no, I mean it's 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 super 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 cool. I just uh, I'm gonna ride the tilt train for a while. Uh, yeah, tilt tilt's on my list. I want it. Plato is also on my list. That's you know, those are probably the two things that I'm really looking at picking up. Um, not quite sure which one's going to be first. I feel like if I pick up Plato scales, it's probably going to be all, you know, I've got four taps. I'm probably going to do all of them at once. Yeah. Um, I'll, uh, I'll give you my tapless software. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, thank stuff, you. Yeah. So. That'd be, that'd be yeah. amazing. I've got a few extra monitors laying around the house. So up above the keys or it'll go. Yep. I was all and, about the Plato's when I was building the bar and building the keyser. And I, I really, there was one night where I almost ordered them. I misunderstood Brian and I thought he said three for a hundred. Would that of, be amazing? That'd be so sweet. Right. Oh, <laughs> I would have already bought them at that point. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And so like I was, I think I'd even told Amy, I'm like, I'm buying, I'm spending 200 bucks and buying six of these things, blah, 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 you know? Uh, and then I got on there and they were a hundred bucks a piece. And I'm like, yeah, no, but now I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of, well, you know, we've decided now to move and build a house and that's going to come with a new bar and all that stuff. So Plato's on hold until after. Yeah. When you get the new house. Yeah. yeah. Let it be, uh, let it be the tech house. Get, get you build your house with ethernet everywhere, everywhere. Or I hear that's kind of on the, on the out these days. So, you know, I'm, it might be in my mind right now. I'm like, I want, you know, every single wall in the house to have like three ethernet ports. Yeah. Um, 
I know I need to, you know, Parade of Homes is starting up pretty soon. I'm going to start seeing what, what that stuff is. I've got a lot of research to do around what people are doing in homes now because wireless is the future. I know that. But yeah. My, what is my the future? Is, huh? What did you say is the future? You cut out wireless. Oh, wireless. wireless. Yeah. Mesh networks and shit. Wi-Fi 6 or 7 or 15 or whatever it's on now. I have that. But I still have, you know, my rig and my setup hardwired in. So I don't, I don't like my my main PC. Like I don't see how I'm never, like, I'm probably I'm always going to be hardwired in. Yeah, it, it's just more reliable. You don't I, get uh, interference and all that shit from yep. your neighbors. Yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt says he loves his kike scales. Uh, again, so I, Matt, I'm telling you, man, you missed the first half of the show. I mentioned it like three times. But uh, my mic is flying out. It was, it was actually sick, Matt. He was all Matt this and Matt that. Yeah. Was, oh my God. He's so got, he's got I, a little man crush. I, I feel so. I, I feel, Matt, I'm so sorry, man. Because like I mentioned, <laughs> and I, I, I just think that you put out good content. And I want to make sure oh. that like the four people that listen to our show go and follow right. you. But uh, so I even look at this. Oh, look at it, that. It, just, it wasn't wow. on purpose. It was just the first clean shirt I pulled out of my laundry. Wait, basket. hold on a second. Back up. I see. I see that hot. That's an that's a Nintendo 64 controller. You need a you need to talk to him about his uh, his logo. He has uh, and his, and he has lots top. of good things to say. That's, OK, that's respect. Give me flashbacks to mm-hmm. Ocarina of yeah. Time. But go go watch Matt's uh, oh, video my. on building his keg scales. Um, it's the most detailed video on building a homemade keg scale. It's on YouTube right now, probably. Um, I would wager it, it, might, it might even be the only one. So, <laughs> ripping the merch, yeah, buddy. It's a sweet logo, man, um, and it's a comfort comfortable shirt. It's not like a, a shitty like a rough cottony like gildan shirt or whatever it's it's soft and, and comfortable whatever the hell it is so, yeah I'll, I'll wrap it i'll wrap it man nice. i have good quality shirts you know i just realized for the longest time i pulled out my michigan brews shirt to wear and i'm here i am an hour and a half into the show just realizing that i you got the hat on you're good man yeah i see you know i try to try i just Bed, bedtime with the kiddo was he's a, he was a wild child today <laughs> it's warm nobody wants to go to bed when it's like warm well, he was overtired and like just just it, he knew he wanted to go to bed but didn't want to go to bed so yeah to get him started on audiobooks like uh <laughs> like uh the... Dude, we aren't we aren't there yet he took a screwdriver to bed that's <laughs> That's where that's where we're at. It's it's real or, or plastic. No, it was it was plastic. He would if he would have he would have taken a real one if I would have let him. But I'm okay. afraid he's gonna like poke himself in the eye or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. while he sleeps. So yeah, no, it's uh, especially since I've been working on my deck recently. Like he's just constantly like, got his nose like pressed against the glass, like looking at me working outside, and he's like screwdriver. Like yeah, I've got a drill. <laughs> like drill. <laughs> Sorry, detracting entirely. No, no, no. But... Uh, technology. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. technology. I, yeah. I use a drill to run my grain mill. So, you know, yeah, absolutely. I yeah. do have a spare drill now because I had to buy a 
circular saw for my deck project, so I've got a Wait, drill. How does a, I... how does a circular saw replace a drill? Combos, man. Combo, yeah, exactly. Wait, it was what? cheaper to buy a combo oh. set than oh, it was really? to buy the tool standalone. You're kidding me. No, no, I am not. I could have bought I could have bought the um circular saw for like 170 uh or it was 150 for a circular saw, a drill, two batteries and a charger. Uh oh so just bought the combo set. So now I've got two drills and like four or five batteries. Um Mount one of those up, man. Make it make a make a mill table. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, I've actually been looking at sweet. speaking of technology. Uh apparently, like I saw this um a while ago on Reddit. Um so when people like when batteries go dead or, or a drill goes bad, like a, a, a hand drill, usually speaking, the motor inside that's usually pretty good. So I've read about people buying old drills, like say an old DeWalt or something like that, and pulling the casing off of it. So you just have the drill and the motor okay. and then rerouting that rather than going to a battery to be a, a plug-in. Oh, and oh, using okay. that as your motor for your your grain mill. So you just have, you know, it's like you buy something for 20 bucks, buy a motor for 20 bucks off of Craigslist or hmm. Facebook Marketplace. Craigslist dating myself because I'm not sure that's a thing anymore. Um, but <laughs> so, yeah, Matt, we just got your new your next video idea, man. Do it. Do it up. Yeah, do it, dude. Right on. I know this Ferndale beer is hitting hard. I went through my entire list of uh, of like uh, technology things I, I wrote down today. The only thing that I didn't cover that I, w I was going to mention was like, and like I guess this doesn't really count as technology, but um, I want I wanted to mention how much I use um, mesh bags and hop filters, like the uh, like the keg hop. Like what, what? What? What do you call those things? You you throw hops into this thing, you screw a top on it, and you throw it into a keg. What, what are those things called? Not a spider, but just like a a hop um hop metal mesh thing. Like a hop cylinder. Yeah. 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 Hop cylinder. Perfect. I know so, what you're talking about. Um, Shana and I are making a wine kit right now. Uh, we're making a Shrah. 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 Um, Shrah. Thank you. And. Or so Shiraz, maybe yeah i know i don't think the z is pronounced but I'm not, yeah I'm not, I'm not i didn't think so either but i started second guessing myself i know head <laughs> after i said i'm like wait this is recorded do i <laughs> we uh, so the kit the kit came with all these things so it came with like uh it came with wine tannin i think it was chestnut um tannin and it came with some um like wood shavings like not even wood um uh uh definitely not wood chunks but like what's what's the other like really fine wood that you normally see that that like extracts like really quickly uh wood chips chips uh, chips yeah. jesus my vocabulary is failing me spectacularly drink tonight. more beer I, brian i can't remember the name of a power strip i can't remember the name of small pieces of wood we'll get but, you uh, soon buddy we'll get yeah you th thanks man yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> so so it doesn't even come with wood chips it comes with like wood like shrapnel um perfect yeah and so it has you mix the wine juice and the water and it comes with ec 1118 and i was like i'm not going to use that so i bought a d254 to use instead and you started so shannon's like you're not following the instructions like you're not using the yeast that they gave us and and like you're not you know doing this and and part of me is like i know maybe we should follow the instructions but part of me like is is like i've made so much mead recently that i'm like i know some of these things just like if you follow like a introductory beer kit like set of instructions it's like not not with modern practices anymore you know sort of thing it's trying to make it easier for you rather than <laughs> right. you, know, you were all like, I'm a national homebrew medal winning. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't need no stinking instructions. Brian so, actually wears all of his medals every time. Every yeah, every night I go downstairs to do shit. So Shana's like cash check. So I we were driving home uh from we both got our hair cut like pretty much at the same time today. And uh we passed this Rite Aid over on West Nidge that was torn down we were both you know guessing what was going to going to go into it and i'm like you know oh you know maybe like an oil change place or like a a cash checking place and she's like a cash checking place I'm like a cash checking place like you know where you cash checks or where you where you check caches or something like yeah where you where you check cash i'm like i i was like so adamant that i had it in the right order um yeah yeah (laughs) she's like it took me another quarter of a mile down the road until i was like trying to until i understood where she where she was you know going with this i was like oh shit like you know you cash checks you don't check cashes yeah so that was happening when he was sober then you need to keep your eye out for stroke signs i told her like i told her i i was like i'm gonna go home and i'm gonna double check my life insurance policy because (laughs) there's the potential i have some like crazy ass tumor right now um i was so you know so positive that i was saying the right thing you're, you're halfway but, through the year you got you got to bump up your life insurance policy next year man i know where was i even going before that i don't i don't, I don't remember i don't remember what i was talking about you lost the journey the, you should, what, we usually do that's okay. uh, you were you were bitching about not needing to follow instructions on a wine game. oh yeah so I, I don't know anyway i did my own thing uh we'll see how it turns out uh, but I used my metal hop thing that normally hop spider. Is that what they call it's, them? It's not. So the hop spider sits on top of a boil kettle and it's called the spider because it has all the legs that come out of it. But this thing just goes into a keg. It's just like a hop cylinder. Like I, like you said, I, I think it's just a hop cylinder. Hop hanger. Yeah. I don't know. I don't but know. in any case, I, I use it with the lid off and I stick my, uh, <laughs> I need to finish sentences quicker. I stick my uh, racking cane into it. So the liquid fills inside the cylinder, but all the gunk on the outside doesn't go into it. Like you oh, know, little, little this, wood yeah. bits and stuff like that. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So I racked the wine from inside the cylinder last night so that none of the uh, little itty bitty wooden chunks would get into secondary. Yeah. Hop screen, hop tube. Yeah. All, all that stuff, Brandon. Thank you. Um, and, uh, and so I think that that is really, really nice, uh, depending on the type of alcohol that you're making. I use it a lot when I'm using 
uh, fruit in my mead, as long as it's not a seedy fruit, like a raspberry or a blackberry. Um, if you're using cherries or currants, it works super, super well. It makes sure that your uh, wrecking cane absolutely will not get clogged with anything. Um, I probably go from my mead. getting like, I, I, for my heavily fruited meads, I probably go from getting like a, maybe like a 55% you know, extraction, maybe closer to like 65%. Um, but, you know, it gets you another extra quart of like meat or something like that. Um, but for the wine, I think it worked pretty well. I think we uh, we got about five and a half gallons off the six gallon batch last night, which is about ex as expected, but you no know, issues with clogging or anything like that, which, you know, you could expect from having little bits of wood and stuff like that inside your uh, batch. But two, um, an oversized mesh bag. So, um, gosh, what's their website? Is it brewinabag.com? I'm going to check it just to make sure I'm right. Yeah, brewinabag.com. So go to their website. You can order uh, really high-quality um, mesh bags in different micron amounts, uh, depending on how wide you want your you know, opening. And uh, I, for my meads, my seeded meads, I buy, not for every batch, but I have um, a couple bags that fit inside my plastic bucket fermenters that are a little bit oversized. And I will uh, sort of just like cover my bucket with this mesh bag, pour all my fruit and honey and water and stuff like that inside of it and then sort of tuck the bag back inside before I close the lid. And uh, it leaves enough. It's essentially doing that. It's essentially leaving the inside of the fermenter as big as the size of the bucket itself is. But when you need to rack, you can stick the racking cane inside and shove the bag aside a little bit and just, just rack from say, yeah. outside the bag. And, uh, and not have to worry about all the seeds from the raspberries and stuff like that. And it works so, so, so well. It stains the bag, and you do have to turn it inside out and sort of like kind of scrape through it and pick the raspberry seeds and stuff out afterwards. But, I mean, as long as you're willing to invest a little bit of time into the cleaning afterwards and then like boil it, it's a great investment. The bags are expensive-ish. Um, I would say I pay $40 or so for the size of bag I want. Um, after shipping, but for the, the ease of use, uh, for doing these types of like beers or meads, oh my God, like the, the headache that it saves is completely worth the investment. Um, I totally look into that if you're doing anything with like small seeds. Absolutely. I know that's my, that's my spiel. <laughs> was it, was that like a 20 minute spiel about like. I think so. Like bags. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. It's good stuff. Um, let's see if some housekeeping. So I we haven't really discussed it. We're still working out, you know, um, we need to do a pre-show, post-show for uh, HomebrewCon, which Brian and I are going with Brandon, uh, and then hopefully some other keepers. Uh, that'll be the last, no, the week before the last week of June. June 22nd, 3rd, 4th. So maybe skipping next week and then doing pre-show Yeah. The week after? Okay. So, yeah, I'm not able to be on next week. I already have okay. an appointment. 
Um, yeah, so no so yeah, next week, we'll be back for a, a, a kind of a pre-planning homebrew con, and then we'll come back after with a if, if it let, let, uh, met our expectations or, or whatnot. Um, if you are in Michigan, which I hope you are if you're watching the show, but if you're not, thank you for watching the show. Uh, we love you. Um, the Michigan State Fair is going to be coming up, which means the Michigan State uh, Fair Homebrew Competition is coming up, as well as the Just Michigan... my entries. Yeah, as well as the Michigan Homebrew Festival and the Michigan Beer Cup. Uh, so keep an eye out for uh, that stuff. The Michigan State Fair Homebrew Competition is already up, and you can register right now. The Michigan Beer Cup will be early July. It'll, registration will open, I believe, June 24th. Oh, uh, shoot. End of June. Okay. Cup. Very cool. Okay. Um, so registration will be open in, in late June, uh, and then drop off for both competitions is mid July. Okay. So, uh, but if you are going, if you're listening to this, you're in Michigan, you're not in Michigan, it doesn't matter. If you're going to HomebrewCon, um, look us up. Let us know. Yeah. Let's let's hook up, drink some beer and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that will be there drinking beer anyways. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Right on. Uh, thank you all for uh, tuning in tonight. And uh, as we say, you know, some nights when we remember, if you're listening to us on the podcast later, uh, go ahead and, you know, rate us. If you, you know, like listening to what we do, give us a five. If you don't, give us a one and, you know, we'll try to be better for you. We'll, we'll cry into our yeah, ears and stuff like that. Give and, us some sort of feedback. We'll change something. If you're watching on Facebook, you're probably already following us. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, like and subscribe and do things that are YouTube-y. I don't know anymore. So, yeah, guys. Cheers. Have a good night. Cheers. And uh, we'll catch you in a couple weeks.